going on, guys? Welcome to the Unsportsmanlike Podcast. Yo, yo, yo. We're feeling good today. We did uh, have a little bit of a layoff there. Yeah, um, just schedules, it. things just not lining up just the way we needed like. needed to take a break after the draft. It's busy, busy times. And to be honest, you know, it's going to be a little bit few and far between as far as the headlines go yeah. until August rolls around. We've got, I mean, listen, we're going to semi-regularly still put out podcasts in the summer, but... If honestly, it's probably not going to be a weekly thing at that point because after a while, there's just nothing to talk about. Like you know, I don't really think there's anybody gains anything. There's not a whole lot of interest in coming here and talking about how rookie mini camps are going or voluntary OTAs. Like it's just it's seems a bit pointless. But we'll be putting out stuff from time to time. We'll try to do some fun stuff. Um, today we are going to go over teams from the AFC and their drafts and what we think we, they did or how we think they did. I'm, uh, I'm not going to get into like letter grades or number grades or anything like that. I'll just give you my opinion. I don't feel like I need to quantify it any other way. Um, one quick note. There was a little bit of news. Tim Tebow is somehow back in the NFL. <laughs> oh yeah, people are losing their minds over it too. I mean, I'm not going to lose my mind over it. I mean, we'll see if he even makes out of camp. I know the Jaguars don't have a whole lot of tight end depth, but, I mean, I'd call them a roster long shot at this point anyway. Um, exactly. I don't have any problem with Tim Tebow. It seems like a lot of people do for no reason. Everything I've heard about the guy is he couldn't be nicer. Um, but it's funny because making the switch to tight end is something that people were trying to get him to do 10 years ago. Right, no kidding. <laughs> and Might have saved his career in the league. So, you know, we'll see what happens with it, but, um, yeah, it's, I don't really feel the need to discuss that at any farther length than just that. Yeah, we don't really need to dig too deep into Tebow time. I don't think that, I think that's more of a promotional thing. It's going to sell some tickets, it'll sell some jerseys, but I don't think it's going to be... It'll be fun to watch in the preseason, how he does. Yeah. Anyway, we are going to start with our draft, I'm not going to say grades, I just... Our draft thoughts for the AFC North, and I'm going to start with the Cincinnati Bengals. Just a quick overview of what they did. They took Jamar Chase, number five overall, reuniting him with uh, Joe Burrow. As we both thought. Uh, round two, they went with Jackson Carmen, offensive tackle from Clemson, uh, who may slide into guard, we don't know. Um, after they, tr- they did trade down in the second round with the Patriots. Um, round three, they picked up Joseph Osai, a Linebacker from Texas. I like that pick a lot for him. Uh, another one I really like is Cam Sample at uh, round four, pick 111. Uh, defensive end out of Tulane. I think that's good value right there. Same with getting Tyler Sheldon also in the fourth round. They're really trying to shore up that defensive line as much as that offensive line, I guess, and that's good on them. Um, another round four pick, they got Deontay Smith, uh, a tackle from Eastern Carolina, a bit of a project tackle. Uh, they round five. They took Evan McPherson, a kicker from Florida. Round six. They took Trey Hill, a center from Georgia. Another round six pick. They took Chris Evans, running back from Michigan, not the guy who played Captain America. Uh, and round seven, they took Wyatt Hubert, a defensive end from Kansas State. Uh, what do you think of the Bengals draft overall? I think they addressed a lot of needs. Um, I think that's a huge deal for them. A lot of people are gonna. Love the Jamar Chase pick just because Panay Sewell was there. It's still a pretty polarizing pick because a lot of people were still not happy that they went with Chase instead of Sewell. But you got to think this team was very close to the bottom in big plays and big plays from scrimmage. I guess specifically, 
Um, I mean, you have T. Higgins, you had John Ross, you had Tyler Boyd. You have guys that can make plays, but they were averaging 10 yards per reception. You, right. you bring Jamar Chase in, and you immediately have that downfield threat, and they can open up that offense a lot more. And you really look at some of the uh, some of the best offenses in the league, and they just stockpile weapons, and I think that's what they're doing for Joe Burrow, and he's going to have a lot of different options because he's got you know at least three guys now that can are capable of getting open, and Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and now Jamar Chase. So I liked the pick overall. I'm not going to hate hate on it. Um, Jackson Carmen in round two. I know there was still uh, some. I think that was well, it was like right after Walker Little went. There was still some guys like Dylan Radins and Sam Cosme on the board who I had higher, but I don't hate the pick of Carmen here. Yeah, he's one of those versatile guys that you can kind of slide inside if you need to, especially because they have two I th- tackles. I think he's gonna start inside. I think so too. Because they signed Riley Reef. They have Jonah Williams. So they have tackles, and I think eventually when maybe they try to phase Reef out of there since he's a little older now, Fair enough. that the Carmen will slide in on the outside. Um, I loved the jo- I loved the Joseph Osai and Cam Sample picks rounds three and four, and Tyler Shelvin really trying to shore up that defensive front. Um, I liked those picks a lot. I think every one of all the spots they took them in were good value. Hundred um, percent. Taking a kicker, you know, fine. Well, they addressed a lot of depth. Deontay Smith. Yeah. Well, I, I don't have a problem with taking a kicker. Having a good kicker is important. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. Taking Deontay Smith, a project tackle from East Carolina, um, a guy they don't need to start right away. Took Trey Hill, a center out of Georgia, to replace Billy Price, and you know, a couple seventh rounders who be fighting for roster spots. Um, but now we're gonna move on to the Browns. So as far as Cleveland goes, they had the 26th overall pick, and a lot of people knew that they were going to take somebody on the defensive side of the ball. Um, A lot of mocks had them taking a linebacker. A lot of the mocks had them taking even Christian Barmore there. Um, But they ended up taking Greg Newsom, addressed the cornerback position. Um, I love the pick for them. I think that's a great pick. I think that Greg Newsom can do a little bit of everything for them, whether it be on the ball or playing that off zone. Um... And then in round two, they snagged Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa, who fell to 52. Um, it's going to be one of those interesting picks where I think he can do kind of like the Daniel Sorensen role that he had in KC, um, where he can be kind of like your box safety. He doesn't have to be like, you know, the guy that plays linebacker or the guy that plays safety. He can kind of do everything. Um, round three, they took Anthony Schwartz, wide receiver out of Auburn, arguably one of the fastest players in this draft. The fastest player in this draft. Um, I'll, you know, game speed is a little bit different. Um, we'll see what he has for them because they I mean they have a lot of weapons, but you know, that never hurts to have more. Um, took James Hudson out of Cincinnati, big body, plays offensive tackle. Um, another fourth round pick, they took. Tommy Togiai out of Ohio State, defensive interior. I think that's another spot they needed to address. Love the name. Um, and they also, you know, addressed what they needed. Um, round five, they had two picks. They took linebacker Tony Fields the second out of West Virginia, um, and Richard LeCount, the safety from Georgia. Both really good picks, again, addressing that defense. Um, and then in round six, they took Demetric Felton out of UCLA, running back. It's an um, interesting one. I thought that was a really interesting pick, too. Um, starting on day one, though, they definitely attacked one of the most valuable valuable positions in the game by grabbing Greg Newsom. Um, 
I loved the Greg Newsom pick. There's, 100%. I loved that. I mean, their secondary, um, they got Denzel Ward. Now they got Greg Newsom. They still have Greedy Williams. They signed John Johnson. Um, they will be getting Grant Delpit back. Um, I really like the way their secondary is looking. And as far as Wusu Koromoa goes, um, I'm really curious because they do have a need at linebacker. I'm wondering if they just try him there and see if he can succeed. Well, I think that he fills multiple roles. He doesn't have to be just one guy because um, he's definitely more of an off-ball linebacker. Uh, in Notre Dame, he was more of a kind of like a slot coverage kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and he can do that. He's smooth enough and he's explosive enough that he can make that happen. In day three, I think that getting Tommy Togiai on day three was insane. A lot of people had him pegged as a day two pick. They also signed uh, Marvin Wilson, the probably the mm-hmm. top undrafted free agent um, from Florida State, the defensive tackle. So they're really trying to shore up that defensive interior. Yeah, I would say that Cleveland had a pretty solid draft. I think, I mean, consensus, I think a lot of people have them as one of their favorite drafts. Yeah, if not, like, the best. Yeah, they're, they're close to the top of most people's draft grades. All right, we're going to move on to the Baltimore Ravens. First, they had two first-round picks after the Orlando Brown trade. Um, number 27 overall, they took Rashad Bateman, wide receiver from Minnesota. Uh, this seemed to be a popular pick in mocks, and it kind of just, the Ravens always just kind of stick to the board. And I mean, I really like the pick. I think uh, Bateman's just the kind of wide receiver they need. 100%. Um, he's not necessarily a speed guy, but I'm not saying he's not fast, but I mean, he's got good hands. I think he's really going to help Lamar out. Um, I think, I hope he can help stabilize that passing game for them. I hope so too. Um, then it, Round, their second pick in round one, pick 31 from the Chiefs, they took Jason Owe, who now goes by Odafe Owe, which, why couldn't we do that earlier in the process? Uh, you know. Let everybody get used to calling me Jason, and now, nope, now I'm Odafe, so thank you for that. Um, but probably the most athletic edge defender in the class, uh, didn't have any sacks last year, but I the pressures were there, and I mean... No, nah, uh, they'll find ways to use the him. The man's an animal. They'll find ways to use him in Baltimore's defense. I think that was a really good pickup for them. Um, round, they did not have a round two pick. That went to Kansas City. So in round three, they picked Ben Cleveland, a guard from Georgia who looks like the mountain from Game of Thrones. He's Giant human being. Fucking 345 pounds of just pure muscle. Um, he's a guard that... I mean, knows how to do exactly what um, basically the Ravens want to do, and that's run the ball. He's a great run blocker. He's a power power run blocker. Good pick for them there. Um, round three, they took Brandon Stevens, a cornerback from SMU, who really wasn't on a lot of teams' draft boards. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know much about him. I didn't watch much of him. Um I'm sorry I don't have better analysis for you guys, but that was just kind of a kind of an off-the-wall pick. I don't know if you have anything or not. Um, yeah, no, I couldn't tell you, to be honest with you. Then in round four, they go wide receiver again and take Tylen Wallace, wide receiver from Oklahoma State. I think that's good value in the fourth round. Um, he could be one of those kind of gadget guys, too. Yeah, and like I said, they're really trying to stabilize that wide receiver room over there um, and good on them. That'll help do that. Round five, they took Sean Wade, a cornerback from Ohio State, who I think will end up moving to free safety, which I think that if he wants a chance of playing in the NFL, that's what he's got to do because his numbers on 
playing outside corner were brutal. He was a good slot corner, but again, I think the need for the Ravens there is more of a safety. And round five, they took Daylon Hayes, defensive end from Notre Dame. Also round five, they took uh, Ben Mason, a fullback from Michigan. Love the fullbacks. And that was the last pick in the draft they had. Um, pretty solid draft for the Ravens overall, I think. I got no issues with it. Yeah, I wouldn't say anything jumps out as like a reach or anything yeah, like nothing, that. No, nothing too sexy, but they address needs and stuck to their board. And exactly. Like and they obviously saw something in Stevens that we didn't, um, which is why he's on their team and we're not analyzing, we're not analyzing well, his and listen, I'm not much. saying that he's like bad. I'm just saying that um, we only got so much time to watch so many guys and he's just not one I've caught. Fair enough. Now we're going to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Interesting draft here. So the Pittsburgh Steelers did have a really interesting draft. That's a good way to put it. Um, I mean, if you look at their offense last year, the biggest issue wasn't necessarily the weapons so much as the offensive line. Right. Um, so you, everybody and their grandma, myself included, thought they were going to address the offensive line. But um, in the first round, they did address one need by grabbing Najee Harris out of Alabama with the 24th overall pick. We all know how we feel about first-round running backs. Don't love it. Uh, don't love the pick. It's kind of one of those everybody saw it coming picks just because everybody was analyzing, oh, well, they're going to grab a running back. We just didn't know which one it was. Apparently, they really love Najee Harris, and they jumped on him. It's like putting a piece of tape over a crack in the foundation instead of trying to figure out what's wrong with the foundation and fixing it that way. In the second round, instead of addressing the offensive line, they grabbed Pat Frymuth. Now, I would end. not hate this pick if they would have went offensive line in the first. 100%. Um, that was my thought process as well, just because Fryermuth is more of a receiving threat at the tight end position. He's not going to be your inline blocker, um, and blocking was the issue. If you can't run the ball, if you can't give Big Ben time to stand in the pocket and throw to guys, it's not going to work. Absolutely not. Um, round three, they grabbed Kendrick Green out of Illinois center, so they did address the line on, uh, or excuse me, in round three. Um, back-to-back picks um, in round four, they grabbed Dan Moore, again, back-to-back, addressing the line. Dan Moore Jr. out of Texas A&M, offensive tackle. Um, in round four, they double-dipped into the Texas A&M bucket, grabbing Buddy Johnson, the linebacker. Um, Don't hate that pick. I really like that pick for them. I think that's um, good value there. I liked Buddy Johnson a lot. 100%. It stood out to me. I don't think that he's going to be your day one starter by any means, but he's going to come in and he's going to push that other line, the linebacker room rather, and really just like, you know, show up and eventually be have playing time. I think that he's going to be a very important special teamer. I think that he'll do fine. Um, in round five, they grabbed one of my favorite names in the draft, defensive lineman Isaiah Loudermilk from that's, Wisconsin. That's that's a top ten draft name. Hundred percent. I would buy that jersey. We had, <laughs> we had some good ones this year. We too. had some really good ones. We this had year. some bangers, but anyway. In round six, they grabbed edge rusher Quincy Roche out of Miami. Roche. Ah, Roche. Yeah, sorry. I, li- I like that pick a lot. I thought. Um, I didn't see a lot of Quincy Roche he, to be honest with you. Well, I watched a lot of Miami. Of course you did. Um, he, uh, you know, he was he was good for them this year. Um, earlier on in the draft process, he was getting some day two love, but I just think 
it was a crowded field, so we just kind of got pushed to the back burner. Good value in round six. I think that's the case with a lot of the edge rushers in this draft. It was like, hey, there was obviously so much depth there that some of the really good guys did get pushed He's to like. He's not as physically gifted as, say, a Gregory Rousseau or a Jalen Phillips. Um, he was a transfer from Temple, but again, it's. I think, I mean, at, at that point in the draft, you're taking swings, and I think Roche is a good guy to take swings on. 100%. In the seventh round, they had two picks where they took safety Trey Norwood out of Oklahoma, who played corner for most of his career in college, but moved to safety um, just because it was a better fit for him, similar to the Sean Wade situation. Um, Sean Wade just hasn't made the official transition. I think that Trey Norwood knew what he was and just decided to move to safety. Um, And then with 254, they picked Presley Harvin III, the giant man who was punting for Georgia Tech. Isn't it awesome? Um, overall, though, I'm not a huge fan of their draft. Not at all, honestly. If you were really going to try to build for the future... Which is a shame, because they had some picks towards the end that I was like, hmm, okay, that's that's a good that's a good swing to take there. But, they're, man, they're, you cannot go into the season counting on guys you picked in the third and fourth round to stabilize your offensive line. It's exactly. not going to work. Big Ben cannot move anymore. I thought this was kind of a middle-of-the-pack draft for them. I don't think that it was the worst one on the planet. It wasn't probably the worst, but I did not love it. It definitely wasn't even close to the best. Um, Honestly, I could see Najee Harris being beneficial in this offense um, and helping Ben out, but you have to protect him. You can't. Like you said, you can't have rely on your third and fourth round guys to. Well, yeah, a running back is a first round running back is going to be productive, but it's just it's the positional value is just not there. Exactly. Let's move to the AFC South now. Um, first, we're gonna go with the Colts. Um, at round one, they took Quiddy Pay, number twenty one overall. Some guys had him as the best edge defender on the board. Um, they needed edge help. I liked that pick a lot. I think he fits right into their system, and I think he will. I think he's kind of, to, to me, like a dark horse defensive rookie of the year candidate right there. Okay, fair enough. Um, round two, they took another defensive end, Deo Odeyingbo, like that name. Love Defensive it. end from Vanderbilt. He is coming off an Achilles injury, but had five and a half sacks in eight games last year. So Pretty decent. Yeah, so maybe they got themselves a new pair of pass rushers. Um Round four, they took Kyle Granson, a tight end from SMU. Round five, they took Sean Davis, a safety from Florida. Round six, Eric, you're going to love this one. They took uh, Sam Ellinger, quarterback, Texas. Hey, uh, all all jokes aside, um, to Sam Ellinger and his family. Tragic. We do, uh, we do send our condolences. That is very tragic. Um, but, yeah, Sam Ellinger... Um, Interesting to me because they took Jacob Eason in like the third or fourth. He round was the fourth round pick last year. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be so. I guess maybe him and Ellinger will battle it out for the backup job, and that'll be an interesting one to watch to me because there's. I mean, there's still no guarantee that Carson Wentz comes back and plays well. Right. Um, and then it's like, where do they go from there? Um, I know you'd absolutely love seeing Sam Ellinger get in a game next year. Oh yeah, it would it would light my fire. That's for sure. And round seven, they took Mike Strachan, a wide receiver from Charleston. Well, it's not like Oklahoma's hurting for NFL quarterbacks. They'll probably have to right, no number one next year. No kidding. We'll go over that someday later. Um, and then another round seven pick, they took Will Fries, an offensive tackle from Penn State. 
Now, this is a very meh kind of draft to me. Like, it's... Not, I mean, I like their first two picks, but they have a need at left tackle, which, I mean, I guess they just filled because they signed Eric Fisher. Mm -hmm. But he's not might not be ready till October. And... Um, I actually read an article today that the Chiefs came out and said that he would be ready for a mid-August return prior to cutting him. Well, so if that's the case, if it case, is August, then I guess it's a better signing. But case, still, yeah, then, then it'll be fine. I mean, you could do a lot worse than Eric Fisher as your left tackle. Exactly. Let's move on to the Jaguars. Sure. As far as Jacksonville goes, they had the number one overall pick. It was pretty set in stone who they were going to take. Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Clemson. Um, that was a pretty obvious pick from the beginning. The man is being touted as a once-in-a-generation kind yeah, of player. we've only known that this was going to be the pick since 2018. Exactly. Trevor Lawrence is going to ball out. I don't want to put super lofty expectations on him like they're doing, but, uh, you know. Um, with their second first-round pick, they double-dipped and went ahead and grabbed his running back. So Travis Etienne will also be a Jacksonville Jaguar, which was an interesting pick to me, um, considering they have James Robinson, who came in and balled out as an undrafted free agent. Um, and then they signed Carlos Hyde as well. Now, can I say that I don't hate this pick as much as I hate the Najee Harris pick? Um, mostly because the Jaguars had four top 50 picks and five top 70 picks. Um, so they had the ammo to play with here a little bit. Sure. So I don't mind them taking ETN. He's got familiarity with... Trevor Lawrence, and he it works well out of the passing game, and a lot of people want those passing down backs. I, I can see ETN being... Is it Etienne? Etienne? I think it's Etienne. Etienne. We'll Sorry, Travis. Etienne. Um, no disrespect. Um, I think he'll be one of these players that's like a fantasy darling next year because he's gonna. I think he's going to catch a lot of balls out of the backfield. PPR managers are going to love that. Oh, without a doubt. Um, but continue. Yeah, sure. And then in the, the top of round two, they grab Tyson Campbell, cornerback from Georgia. Um, Another interesting one to me because they drafted C.J. Henderson last year and they signed Shaq Griffin this past offseason. So they have their outside corner set. And then they draft Tyson Campbell, who has only ever played on the outside. I don't know if the plan is to move him to the slot. Sure. And but it was interesting to me that Tyson Campbell was even there at 33 because... I'm not, I'm not hating on the pick. I love teams investing in their secondary. Oh, 100%. Myself as well. Um, Especially but, how, with how pass-happy... All the teams in the AFC are going to be when you're in in a few years when you want to be one of those top teams and you got to go against the Chiefs and the Bills and all these other teams that have all these weapons. Like yeah, that, that's the move. Just invest as much as you can in your secondary. That's what the Bucks did, and they won a Super Bowl last year. <laughs> they did all right. So uh, again, in the second round at forty five, they picked Walker Little, tackle from Stanford. Um, I think that's going to be a very interesting pick. He was there, so why not grab him? Like you said, they had some picks to play with. Um, hasn't played football in like two years. Right. Uh, we talked about that when we previewed this. Mm -hmm. um, now, Cam Robinson, the Jags' current left tackle, is playing on a franchise tag. Correct. So maybe they see him as an eventual repla replacement? Um, overall, I like that pick, though. I do as well. And then in round three, they took safety Andre Sisco out of Syracuse, Love arguably the most pick. rangy safety in the draft this year. Love that pick. Um, at 33, I really thought they were going to take Trevon Morey. So the fact that they addressed the safety position by grabbing Cisco is a great pick for them. Um, I think Andre Cisco is going to be great in the league, and it's crazy that he fell to 65 personally, at least in my idea, or excuse me, my thoughts. Uh, I didn't see him falling that far. 
again, invest in the secondary. So exactly. I like it. Now, in the fourth round, they had two picks in which they addressed the defensive line. Um, for the defensive interior, they took Jay Tufele out of USC. Okay. Um, and then they took edge rusher Jordan Smith out of Alabama, Birmingham. Go Blazers. Let's go Blazers. Um, I like those picks. Definitely got to address that defensive line. It's one of those things where, I mean, they have a lot of young guys that haven't really grown into the superstars that they're hoping for. Um, so it doesn't hurt to get a little bit more depth there. In round five, they took tight end Luke Farrell out of Ohio State. Which is, I mean, that was a weird pick because, I, I mean, I think that was just an Urban Meyer. I, yeah, I think he had something to do with it. Because I did not see him being talked about by a lot of people as, like, really a draftable tight end. But sure. whatever. And then in round six, their final pick of the draft, they took wide receiver Jalen Camp out of Georgia Tech. Okay. So, overall, with the Jags draft, I think what's interesting to me is it seems like they took a lot of swings here. I agree. Um... Which is fine. You know, they're a young team. Um, nobody expects them to be good next year. Nobody expects them to, like, make the playoffs, even though I'm warning you guys right now, as we get closer to the season, um, I am going to convince myself that the Jags could be a wild card team the closer we get. It's going to happen. Sorry. Um, Nothing you need to apologize for, but, I think. Um, you know, I think it's not out of the ordinary. Schedule's getting released later this week, so we'll see how that plays out. Now we're going to move on to the always... Fun to talk about Houston Texans. Oh, Jesus. Um, didn't have a pick till round three. Uh, number Thanks, 67 Larry. overall. Um, and at 67 overall, they took Davis Mills, quarterback from Stanford. Well, there's a run on quarterbacks there, and they had to grab one of them. Let me tell you why I hate this pick, Phil. Because we can all agree that one way or another, Deshaun Watson is not coming back to play for the Houston Texans, yes? I agree. We have arrived at this conclusion. Um, so who did they sign? They signed Tyrod Taylor. Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, look at the Texans roster. They're going to be bad next year. They're gonna Very be, bad. They're going to be bad. We're talking so potential why, worst team in the league. Why did you waste your first pick in this draft on a quarterback when you could legitimately be picking number one overall next year which will likely lead to you taking a quarterback. It just seems like a frivolous waste of a pick to me. Nothing against Davis Mills. I actually liked him as a kind of a project QB coming out. I got nothing against Davis Mills. It just seems to me like a bad use of resources. Here. There's a lot more positions that you could have addressed there. And then their other set third-round pick, which they traded up to get, was Nico Collins. And again, I don't love this pick. You don't need to be trading picks for third-round wide receivers right now. Uh, I didn't love... I mean, I, I was f- I'm fine with Nico Collins. I think he could be an okay player, but it just seems like, like, again, just a misuse of resources. Round five, though, I do like they got Brevin Jordan, who I did not expect to be around in round five, a tight end from Miami. I do like that pick for him. Um, but other than that, then they got Garrett Wadlow, a linebacker from TCU, and around six, they got Roy Lopez, a defensive tackle from Arizona. Again, though, I just I don't like this draft for them. I don't. I think, I mean, granted, they didn't have much to work with, but what they did have to work with, it just seemed like they wasted it to me. That's fair. I don't, I, I'm with you on the Davis Mills thing. I was. Yeah, it's nothing against Davis Mills. I was a firm believer in Davis Mills and the fact that he was going to be the sixth quarterback off the board. Didn't fall the way that we thought it would. Um, 
But man, at 67, there's still a lot of talent there. Because they're going to be in a prime position to be taking a quarterback next year. 100%. Whether it be a Spencer Rattler, a Sam Howe, I don't know who's going to be. You know, somebody, maybe somebody rises from the, you know, yeah. just comes out of nowhere like on somebody. Said, we'll talk about that at a later time, later in the offseason. We'll talk about next year's prospects. But, again, it just seems like a misuse of resources to me. I'm sorry. Moving out to Nashville, we got our Titans picking at 22 in the first round. They took Caleb Farley. I think that's going to be a huge boomer bust pick. They're saying that he's going to be ready. Well, keep in mind that the uh, Titans did the same thing with uh, Jeffrey Simmons, was it? I believe so. Who was coming off a pretty bad injury, and they took him in the first round because they liked the talent, and that has paid off for him. 100%. So I don't mind it. Here's the thing. If Farley is healthy, he's probably the best quarterback in this draft. I quarterback, sorry. I agree. Um, I think that Caleb Farley was the number one corner in this draft, and his closing speed is insane. Oh yeah. Um, I like I like the pick a lot. I think it's I think it's a good risk to take here. I think it's a great pick for them. And then in the second round, they grab offensive tackle Dylan Radins out of North Dakota State. Again, um, I like that pick. That's good I think that's an that. awesome pick for them. Um, in round three, they had two picks. They grabbed Monty Rice, the linebacker from Georgia. Okay. And then they also took defensive back Elijah Molden from Washington. Love that pick at 100. I thought that was a great value. Oh, absolutely. And Elijah Molden is going to be one of those guys who can kind of play safety if you want him to. Or maybe if you're going to move Desmond King to safety, you can put him in the slot. I th- yeah, I think he's I think he'll be a, he's primarily a slot corner, but I think he will excel at that position. 100%. Um, now, in the fourth round, they had two picks in which they took wide receiver Des Fitzpatrick out of Louisville. Not as good as Ryan. He's maybe he'll get there one of these days. Um, and then they took edge rusher Rashad Weaver out of Pittsburgh. Again, I like that value at one thirty-five. Great, yeah, Dad. absolutely. Um, they lost a lot of weapons, so they addressed the receiver depth with Fitzpatrick. And then in the sixth round, they took Racy McMath out another of LSU. Another great name. Another great name. Was, maybe top twenty as far as draft. Not as good as another future <laughs> LSU wide receiver who we'll talk about someday. <laughs> Uh, and then again in the sixth round with their final pick of the draft, they took another safety in Brady Breeze out of Oregon. Um, overall, I like that draft for the Titans. Yeah, I don't I don't think that... I think it's definitely close to the top as far as... I kind of put it with the Ravens. Like, nothing too sexy, but they went in and... They got what they needed, and that's, yeah. that's a huge deal. Um, they addressed some depth in places where they needed it, and then they addressed the more pressing needs as well. I think that it was an awesome draft for Tennessee. All right, now we're going to go to the AFC East, where I will talk about the Buffalo Bills. So get your folding tables out, guys. Buffalo! Buffalo's a cool city. Um, round one, pick 30, they took Gregory Rousseau, defensive end out of Miami. Love that. Um, a, lot of up, a lot of upside potential here. Again, he opted out last year. We didn't have a great pro day, but he did have 15 and a half sacks in 2019. Only Chase Young had more. Um, he put on some size. Yeah, uh, and Edge was definitely needed by the Bills. Um, I could see maybe moving one of them inside because in round two they took Carlos Basham Jr. I think I Boogie's more likely to move inside. I like both of those picks, though. Oh, awesome, yeah. Address the defensive line. I like that a lot. you got to help Ed Oliver out. Especially after kind of what they saw was kind of Kansas City's kryptonite in the Super Bowl with that Bucks defensive front, which kind of, I mean, granted, I know Kansas City's offensive line was kind of ravaged, but that was definitely kind of what turned the tides in that game. And oh, 100%. they're going to have to be competing 
with the Chiefs as their primary foe there, so I like that pick a lot. Uh, round three, they took Spencer Brown, a project tackle from Northern Iowa. Uh, big boy at 6'8", 3'11". Um, very much a developmental guy. Prop, wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't play at all this year, but, you know, we'll see. Um, it felt like a little bit of a reach there, but he's a big boy and you can develop him. All right, and then in round five, they took another offensive tackle, Tommy Doyle from Miami of Ohio. Um, round six, they also took Marquez Stevenson, a wide receiver from Houston. Uh, Damar Hamlin was another round six pick from safety from Pittsburgh. Uh, another one of my favorite names, and I think a good value add here at round six, 213, Rashad Wild Goose, cornerback from Wisconsin. Uh, I don't just love the name. I think that's a good value there. I liked Wild Goose a lot. It's a fun guy to watch. Sorry. Round 7, 236, they took Jack Anderson, an offensive guard from Texas Tech. Um, Never hurts to add to the offensive line. Yeah, I really like what the Bills did at the top of the draft, trying to address that defensive line. Um, I think it's good situational awareness here. Um, overall, I'm fine with what they did. All right, let's move on to the Miami Dolphins. Fair enough. As far as Miami goes, I loved what they did. Um, I projected them taking Jalen Waddell at six, um, being that Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase would both be off the board. That's exactly what happened at six. They took Jalen Waddell, wide receiver out of Alabama. It's another one of those explosive guys that, that's going to make that offense immediately better. Um, in the first round with their second pick, they took Jalen Phillips out of Miami, so he doesn't have to go far. Um, the best edge in this class as far as just physical talent goes. The guy's a specimen. Um, I think that was an awesome pick for them. I do too. I liked it. In round two, they had both 36 and 42 in which they took the safety from Oregon, Javon Holland. I think that's going to be an awesome pick for them as well. He immediate, I think he immediately steps in and can be a playmaker there. Um, and then they took... Unlike, all, unlike, unlike Jalen Phillips, Siobhan Holland does have a bit of a way to go from Oregon to Miami. It's a bit of a drive. Fair enough. That's just a little bit further there. Um, now, as far as their second second round pick, they took Liam Eichenberg, tackle out of Notre Dame. Probably moving to guard. I think that he slots in on the right side right away. Um, depending on what their other tackles do, he could very well end up on the outside, but I do think that he starts at right guard for them. Keep in mind they did trade Eric Flowers. Correct. So, you know, there's a spot opening up there. In the third round, they took tight end Hunter Long out of Boston College. Love that pick for them as well. Um, I think that he's going to come in and be another weapon. You uh, you have a couple seam guys in both Mike Kosicki and then now Hunter Long as well. I don't like Tommy Tremble better there. but That's fair. That's fair. Um, now, the Dolphins didn't pick again until the seventh round, in which they had two picks. Um, got a couple depths. Depth draft picks here in Larnell Coleman from Massachusetts, the offensive tackle. Um, and then Jared Dokes, the running back out of Cincinnati. Okay. I don't, yeah, you know, I'm fine with their draft. I thought they, I mean, they made the best use of their first round picks. Um, uh, back to the Jalen Lyle one for a second. They do have him and Will Fuller, so they'll definitely have the ability to stretch the field next year. And Love it. It's gonna be, uh, you know, try if you're going to commit to Tua, at least get him some options. At least uh, let's, you know, Take away the excuses for Tua and see if we'll see what he does. Now I'm going to move to the New York Jets. Um, round one, number two overall. We all know they went Zach Wilson, quarterback BYU. Um, they're trying again. They're starting over again. Um, 
Robert Sala gets a chance to pick his guy. Uh, everyone knows I love Zach Wilson coming out, and um, we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, it doesn't seem to me, I wonder if they bring in a veteran to start or what, but it seems to me that it's his job to lose right now. Yep. Um, round, again, another round one pick. They traded up with the Vikings to take Elijah Vera Tucker, a guard from USC. Love that pick for them. Trying to shore up that offensive line. They already have uh, Makai Becton from Louisville. So, good pick on that. Um, then in round two, they take Elijah Moore, wide receiver from Ole Miss. I love that pick. I actually read uh, something that the Jets were going to take Elijah Moore at 23 prior to trading up. Um, and then when he just happened to fall there at the top of two, it was easy, easy pickings. Really giving um, Zach Wilson some tools to work with here. They with Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims. They signed Corey Davis. Jamison Crowder's still there. So he'll, he'll have some, some stuff to work with. And then in round four, they picked Michael Carter from North Carolina, running back. Uh, I like that pick a lot in the fourth round. I think that's a good add. Round five, they take Jamie and Sherwood, uh, safety from Auburn. Also in round five, you thought they were done taking Michael Carter's. Think again, because they also got Michael Carter, the safety from Duke. So nice. Love when people double dip on names. During the draft, they actually played the safety's highlight tape over the Michael Carter pick from earlier. Oh, so they felt like they were obligated to take him? At that point, yeah, you have to, right? <laughs> also in round five, they took Jason Pinnock, a cornerback from Pittsburgh. Round six, I always have trouble with this name, uh, Hamza Nasirildeen. Hamza Nasraldine. Nasraldine. Yeah, you're yeah. better at that than I am. Um, interesting pick because early on, I think he was getting a lot of like kind of late first, early second round hype. Um, from what I understand, didn't have good workouts, wasn't great at the senior bowl. I mean, his stock probably dropped more than anyone. He's a big safety. I know that. Um, but an interesting pick in round six. Doesn't hurt to take a swing. Um, round, so round six, they take Brandon Eccles, a quarterback, a cornerback from Kentucky. And then another round six pick here. They took Jonathan Marshall, defensive tackle from Arkansas. So what do you think of the Jets draft overall? I think that the Jets had one of the best drafts, honestly, just in the top three picks alone. Um, obviously, it's gonna, it's all just kind of like, hey, what's this guy going to pan out to be? But Zach Wilson looks like he's going to be their quarterback. Um, like you said, it looks like it's his job to lose. And they're setting him up for success by, you know, last year they drafted – Mackay Beckton. They have their franchise left tackle. Then you trade up, you get a guy like Elijah Vera Tucker, who most people are saying has Pro Bowl potential. Um, He's a plug-and-play guard a lot of people. 100%. He'll step in there and start for the next 10 years. Exactly. The, the man is an animal. He's going to look great there, uh, especially playing next to Mackay Beckton. So, Pretty safe prospect. Exactly. Very safe pick. Um, and then the guy that they were going to take in the end of the first round is there in the second round in Elijah Moore. I think Elijah Moore is going to be phenomenal in that offense, um, especially if they're going to be running a lot of Shanahan-esque type schemes. Um, he could step in and do like a Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel type thing, and you'd love to see that. Okay. Um, let's move on to the Patriots. New England was an interesting one because everybody and their grandma thought that Man, they're going to move up for a quarterback. If Justin Fields falls, they're going to move up for a quarterback. Uh, but they got to stay put, um, and they got Mac Jones, which... What's really interesting here is, like, this is, like, like three months ago after the season ended, this is what everyone thought was going to be the move, and then there was all the speculation Mac Jones is going to go third overall, which I bought into. I'm not going to lie. I'm not proud of it. Should I have, have seen it coming? I had Mac Jones at 15. Um, 
Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like Mac Jones just ended up where he was always meant to go. Exactly. I mean, and that's the thing. When you break down Mac Jones as a prospect, your first thought is, man, he would look really good in a Bill Belichick system, wouldn't he? Right. And, and I, I mean, interesting question here. Because I still think right now Cam Newton would be the presumptive starter. I'd say so. But how long is his leash? Fair enough. And it's one of those things that because you invested a first-round pick on a guy like Mac Jones, the leash is going to be a little bit shorter, I would say. It'll be interesting. Um, In round two, they grabbed Christian Barmore. A lot of people had him projected at 15 to the Patriots anyway. So they did trade up in the second round to grab Christian Barmore and got him where they wanted him. Love that pick. Um, Double dipping on Alabama. Exactly. Nothing wrong with that. They're producing a lot of really top I prospects. There's one school to double dip on. And then they double dipped again by in the third round, grabbing edge rusher Ronnie Perkins out of Oklahoma, a guy that I love personally. Um, went one pick before my Chargers. I'm pretty pissed off about it. Um, it happens. It, but it happens. Like you said, um, I wanted Ronnie Perkins and Quinn Miners, and they went <laughs> one pick before and one pick after. Um, but anyway, in the fourth round, double dipping in the Sooner pool, they got Ramondre Stevenson running back out of Oklahoma. He's going to be your punishing back. He's going to be your red zone threat, nothing more. Um, he's a big boy. He's not really going to be your horse by any means, but he's going to be more of a situational back. Um, in the fifth round, they grabbed Cameron McGrone, the linebacker out of Michigan. Um, kind of more of a depth pick there. Um, out of Missouri in the sixth round, they took cornerback Joshua Bledsoe. Um, I actually like that pick for them. Um, I don't think that, again, he steps in and becomes the starter by any means, but he's going to be an important special teamer, I'd say. Yeah, it'll be weird to see when he gets injured and then they draft another safety with the last name Brady and he comes in and becomes the greatest safety of all time. Right, no kidding. Sorry, that was a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, again, in the sixth round, they had... They picked William Sherman, the tackle out of Colorado, and then at 242 took Trey Nixon, the receiver out of Central Florida. Yeah, I really like what the Patriots did here, kind of with their top three picks. I agree. Everything else is just kind of, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, that feels like the kind of general consensus with a lot of these teams is the first three picks were like, all right, these are our guys, and then the rest of it was kind of like, all right, let's get them in camp. All right, now let's go out west. I will talk about the Denver Broncos here. Um, Obviously, kind of a lot of rumors right before the draft that maybe they were getting Aaron Rodgers. Nothing ended up happening on that front. Well, they were going to get Deshaun Watson. They were going to get Aaron Rodgers. Then they were going to draft a quarterback. Deshaun Watson hasn't been traded yet. Yeah, fair enough. The more more that situation goes on, the more I think it'll just kind of quietly go away and Deshaun Watson will end up somewhere and... That's just my perspective. I'm That's really where it seems like it's pointing, so I'm, I'm with you. I don't know if we'll play next year, but you know, we'll see. Going back to that. But, again, at round, I mean, at pick nine, they took Patrick Sertan. Love it. With Justin Fields still on the board. No. Broncos, I'm, they traded for Teddy Bridgewater. Again, they were rumored to be close to a deal on Aaron Rodgers, which I don't think was ever really that close. Um, they still have Drew Locke, but I I don't know why you still have faith in him. But they took Patrick Sertan, um, kind of strengthening a strength here. They signed Ronald Darby and Kyle Fuller in the offseason. Um, 
cornerback wasn't really a huge need for them, but they go there anyway. But, I mean, it you know probably pissed off the Cowboys because the two guys they were going to take went directly before them. Yep, two picks. Uh, ding, ding, just right off the board. Round two, they trade up and take Javante Williams, running back from North Carolina. Uh, again, it's kind of... They let Philip Lindsay go. I believe they still have Royce Freeman, and they have... Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. So, again, it seems a bit of a weird pick to me. But I don't hate the picks. Um, it's just... Doesn't seem like positions of huge need, especially, you know, the Sertan when Fields was still on the board thing seemed to kind of dominate the headlines there for a little bit. Uh, round three, they take offensive. I mean, they take guard uh, Quinn Miners from Wisconsin Whitewater. I'm sorry for you. It's okay. Um, Quinn's a great dude. Round three, they also take Baron Browning, a linebacker from Ohio State. I like that pick a lot. Um, I think he'll fit well into Vic Fangio's um, defensive scheme. Uh, then they pick in round five, Caden Stearns, a safety from Texas. And they also take in round five, uh, Jamar Johnson, a safety from Indiana. And I thought that was kind of a sneaky good pick. A lot of people thought Jamar Johnson would go higher. Um, not a great tackler, but he's good in coverage. And I, you know, I, I think he could start. I really do. Um, then in round six, they took, actually no, yes, round six. Sorry, I'm losing it here. Uh, Seth Williams, a wide receiver from Auburn. Then they take Kari Vincent Jr., a cornerback from LSU, Jonathan Cooper, a defensive end from Ohio State, and Marquis Spencer, a defensive end from Mississippi State, in round seven. Um, but again, the whole thing here is taking Sertan over Justin Fields is going to draw some headlines. I agree. I think that this team is, as much as I hate to say it, they're poised to win now. They have all the pieces on offense, but everybody says that they're a quarterback away. Um, is Teddy Bridgewater the guy? Probably not. No, not at this stage of his career. Um, I, I think that their defense will be good enough to win them enough games where they'd be in the playoffs. I almost view it as the same problem Washington has right now. I agree with you. I think it's one of those things in where the defense is going to be good and the, the team, offense only has yes, to be average. The team is too good to lose enough games to put you in position to be able to draft a quarterback without having to risk assets and move up to get one. Exactly. And I'm not going to lie, I basically call it football purgatory. I'm not going to lie, it's a frustrating place to be. I was there for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of the Chargers, let's go to them. I obviously am a little biased, um, but I love the Chargers draft. They had one of the best drafts in the league, I think. I think that's the general consensus from around the league. Um, man. The, just the top two picks alone. We have a huge like history of great players falling to us. Uh, it happened with Derwin James, and now it happened with Rashawn Slater, who a lot of people had as their OT1. Um, fell to 13, and we couldn't have run that pick up faster. I was going to say, they, couldn't, they, they sprinted that card up. They had to have. That man will be our left tackle for a good amount of time. Um, Love the Rashawn Slater pick. And it was a huge glaring need for us that we filled right away. Um, another need that the Chargers filled right away would be the second round pick, cornerback Asante Samuel Jr. out of Florida State. Not the biggest guy in the world, but he'll make up for it with his ball skills. I mean, the guy is insane. Perfect scheme fit for a Brandon Staley defense. Oh, 100%. 100%. I love the top two picks. The third pick was Josh Palmer. Wide receiver out of Tennessee. Interesting pick here, I think, because Palmer did not have the greatest of production at uh, Tennessee, 
But a lot of wide receiver coaches were speaking very highly of him and seemed to think that the only reason he didn't have great production at Tennessee was because poor coaching and poor quarterback play. And sure. a lot of people think that this could be a steal of a pick here. I was reading the same thing. Um, he's a very polished route runner. And if you have any knowledge of the Chargers draft picks, we took another receiver in the third round who was a polished route runner. Uh, he turned out to be pretty okay. Yeah. Um, Keenan Allen. So um, not to put that kind of ceiling on Josh Palmer right away, uh, but you never know. I mean, we shored up that wide receiver room. Everybody said we were going to grab another weapon, um, especially because we're not too sure what's going to happen with Mike Williams. Doesn't hurt. Um, in Also in the third round with our compensatory pick, we took tight end Trey McKitty out of Georgia. Um, didn't hate that pick. I would have liked to see maybe a Brevin Jordan there. Um, but hey, we signed Jared Cook. I'm not too thrilled by it's it. It's a project, but it, you know, you could... It'll be a good pick. Um, I think it'll, it could pan out. But in the fourth round, we took the edge rusher Chris Rumpf the second out of Duke. Um, he was a very disruptive force at Duke. Um, so I'm very excited about that pick. Um, now, in the fifth round, we got another tackle in Brendan James out of Nebraska. Big Ten guy. Um, so those typically go pretty well. Um, the Big Ten blocking schemes are very fun to watch in the NFL. Um, round six, we had two picks in which we took linebacker Nick Neiman out of Iowa. Like that pick as well. I think that he'll start on special teams and eventually make his way to the starting lineup just because that's how linebackers in L.A. work. Um, the sixth-round pick of Larry Roundtree the third out of Missouri was an interesting one to me um, just because it seemed like they were pretty set with you know, Justin Jackson, Austin Eckler, and Joshua Kelly means that probably one of those last two guys is on the chopping block. It's a sixth-round running back, you know. Just might as well see what you got. I liked Roundtree a lot at Mizzou. Didn't have the greatest workouts, but you know, I enjoyed watching him play for Mizzou. Fair enough. And it's one of those things, like you said, get him in camp, see what we can do. Um, and then in round seven, with our last pick, we took Mark Webb out of Georgia, the cornerback. All right. So, yeah, overall, a big fan of the Chargers draft. Uh, specifically the Rashawn Slater pick. Um, just, you know, don't get cute with it. If a good player, if a great player like that falls to you, just... Snag him up. Exactly. That's what the draft is for. Um, and they already signed Corey Lindsley this offseason, so they're really trying to shore up that offensive And line. Matt Filer. And Matt Filer. And they'll be getting Brian Balaga back, so they're really trying to shore up that uh, offensive line for Justin Herbert, and I think that's a good move. I think that the Chargers are going to be a force next year. I've said that, and it obviously is a little biased, but they're going to be a wagon, so hitch up. Oh, very well could be. Um, looking at the rest of the AFC West, I think they're the only team that could really challenge the Chiefs for the division title. So, Speaking of the Chiefs, we're going to go to Kansas City now, where uh, round two they picked, didn't have a round one pick after the Orlando Brown trade. Uh, round two, they picked one of my favorite players in the entire draft, Nick Bolton, um, out of Missouri. Just loved watching him. A little on the smaller side, but the dude is just ferocious. He like, was the best tackler in the draft. And he his football IQ is off the charts. Like I love Nick Bolton. I think that he'll do well in Kansas City. I agree. Um, and then round two, also, with their second round two pick, they took Creed Humphrey, uh, guard slash center out of Oklahoma. I don't want to talk about it. Again, Kansas City trying to shore up that offensive line, and Creed Humphrey is another one of those names. It's just like that just sounds 
like a like a, a guard. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> um, round four, they took Joshua Kando, a defensive end from Florida State. Is that how I say Kando? Kando? I'll say Kando. That looks like right. Um, round five, they took Noah Gray, a tight end from Duke. Also in round five, they take another weapon for Patrick Mahomes to potentially to play with, uh, Cornell Powell, wide receiver from Clemson. I really like that pick for them. I do too. I think there's a good value add there. Um, and then in round six, they took Trey Smith, a guard from Tennessee. Um, nothing too flashy about the Chiefs draft. Uh, filled some needs, didn't have a first-round pick, but made the most of what they did have. Um, they're the Chiefs. They'll be competitive next year. They got a first-round talent in Nick Bolton, in my opinion. So I, I think that I agree. I think that even though they traded their first-round pick, they got Orlando Brown, who is, or excuse me, was a Pro Bowl tackle at both left and right tackle. Um, he'll play left tackle for Kansas City. And then you got two first-round, I would say a first-round talent in Nick Bolton and then an early second in Creed Humphrey. So, yeah. although I hate to say it, good for you. Now we move to the Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders. So if their first two picks were switched, I wouldn't hate their draft. You're not the first person to say this. (laughs) I I feel like if the first two were switched, I wouldn't hate it as much. No, it would would look fine. (laughs) But with the 17th pick, they took tackle slash guard Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama. Who apparently gave um, Tom Cable such a hard-on that he said he was the number one tackle in this class, over Penny Sewell, over Rashawn Slater, over Christian Derisaw. Um, yeah, it's in- an interesting thought. Um, I don't hate Leatherwood as a player. I think he could be a just a fine, like, s- steady offensive tackle or guard. I do, but at 17, the value just wasn't there. Exactly. Um, now, in the top of round two, I guess middle of round two, they took safety Trevon Morig out of TCU. He fell to 43. A lot of people didn't see that coming. And I love that pick. I love that pick. I think it's a great pick for them. Um, It was just interesting that he fell to 43, and that's where they took him. Um, Now, in round three, they took the edge rusher Malcolm Kuntz out of Buffalo. Kuntz. I don't mind that pick for them. They needed edge help. That's a good pick. It's a good pick for them. Um, In round three, also, back-to-back picks, they had 79 and 80. With number 80, they took safety Divine Diablo. What a great name. Another all-name team guy. Um, Virginia Tech. 6'3", 226. I've heard a lot of teams kind of see him more as like a linebacker or that safety linebacker hybrid. Right. Uh, I think that's what he does, realistically. I think that he's going to be one of those kind of like tweener guys. Um, now, in the fourth round, they got another safety. In so take, ter- taking three safeties is an interesting move. Sorry for cutting you off. There. Yeah, no worries. It's uh, It was Tyree Gillespie out of Missouri. Um, he's another guy who could probably play slot corner. But taking three safeties is still an interesting move. Um, the Raiders drafts are always, they're, they're always entertaining. Then that. in the fifth round, they took a corner in Nate Hobbs from Illinois. Okay. Uh, and then round seven with their final pick, they took center Jimmy Morrissey out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, overall, their draft, they got some players, but the strategy just seems so confusing to me every year with the Raiders. I just, I don't, I don't ever know what to make of them. It's hard to peg the thought process, I guess. Um, 
or maybe like what they're seeing that nobody else is really seeing. Like I said, I don't hate Alex Leatherwood as a player. It just doesn't, the value at that spot just doesn't seem like it's there to me. Especially with a guy like Darisol still on the board. Yeah, I, just, no, I, don't, I don't know. know. But anyway, that's our AFC draft recap. We'll oh, yeah. be back soon with the NFC. Um, until next time, guys. Alrighty, folks. You know the dealio. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Exactly. If you like the podcast, you uh, maybe got something out of it. Just you know, maybe hit us a lot. You know, give us a like. Yeah. And again, we'll try to do as much as we can throughout the summer. Again, it's probably not going to be a weekly thing, but when we when news happens or we just think of something interesting to talk about, we'll be back. Exactly. And until then, we'll see you.